few good things come out of Idaho. One, Reckless Kelly. Two, Potatoes. Three, Just Another Rodeo Podcast with Caden Drew. I do love Reckless Kelly and Potatoes, man. I love Reckless Kelly and Potatoes. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? It's round four. I'm pumped up tonight. I'm excited for this. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to wait to do this all week. Yeah. Had a pretty good week. Weekend. It's all just kind of flowed together. You know what I mean? Talk about the weekend, huh? Oh, man. I had a large time. I did, too. Weddings. (laughs) (laughs) Some people just can't handle weddings. What do you think I did? I took the belt off my neck. I got my car and I got out of there. (sighs) You know what? I talked to Jody Carper today, a pro rodeo announcer, and he's like, dude, I'm so hungry to announce something. I'd announce a goat rope. And I'm like, I got one better, Jody. I announced a leg wrestling competition at a wedding. <laughs> it was awesome. There was a lot going on there. We had a, a rainstorm, torrential downpour at a wedding. Uh, leg wrestling. Like, don't undersell it either. No, 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 no. She rained. Well, no, I'm talking about the leg wrestling. Nobody cares about rain. Oh, yeah. No, um, just just me. I was the with the I, equipment out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, the speakers, I get it. Mm-hmm. Giant circle of screaming hooligans <laughs> on a dance floor. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking fight club style leg wrestling Let's competition. Let's get it on. Yeah. No, it was uh it, it got pretty wild. I was probably I would probably been the champ if I wasn't the MC, you know, but I was busy. Colton's kind of good at it. Colton's really good. Yeah, Colton Colton Bear, I let him win a couple times, you know. I think I did get him once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Colton Barati, pretty good leg wrestler. Jeez, look out for this guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I hope you go far with your leg wrestling career, Colton, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, dude, weddings. <laughs> yeah. I uh I got to DJ it, and I get very very nervous at uh like a wedding. You get I, nervous every day of your. I life. get nervous every day of my True, life. It doesn't matter you. if I'm if I'm gonna order McDonald's. I'm like, <laughs> I know that I want a number nine, but I don't know how to approach this. Do I just? Uh, <laughs> I just get but, nervous. But, but I'm really nervous at weddings because it, you want that day to be absolutely perfect, right? It's a big day. It's a it's the most important day, and I was so nervous. And I try to stay professional as I can, but um, like six beers deep. Yeah. It was like it's just it's right it's uh, Norman Norman's mm-hmm. playing the tunes for those of the that know Norman and we partied. I had fun. I had a lot of fun. I threw up three times Sunday. <laughs> I mean that's fun. <laughs> that's fun. Uh, weddings. Congratulations to Corey and Katie on their big day. Uh, you know if you have a wedding out there, Drew would love to spin the mix. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have you uh, have us at your wedding. But I like what I have. Would I do would I do the same job with people I didn't know, like strangers? I don't know, probably not. I've married two people and it's terrifying. I know what you I mean, <laughs> I know what you're saying. Like it's absolutely horrifying absolutely. to see their scared faces <laughs> and they're nervous and my palms are sweating right now just talking about it. I am a little yeah. And especially like I mean my sweet wife, she tries to save me as much as she can and yeah, I mean it she fails a lot, but that's not her fault. Mm-hmm. She she set me up like a whole thing on my phone of just what to say word for word and she's like you can't mess this up. And I'm like, baby, you know how I am with scripts and stuff and the reading, I, you know, reading. And <laughs> she's like, just read it. You'll be fine. Well, I read about the first sentence and I threw my phone on the ground i'm like i'm going from the cuff that's it i'm shooting from the hip i'm and not doing this then i forgot to make him say i do which i guess is a big deal i don't know whatever uh, was that at dusty's no no dusty's went really well it was like rodeo setting that was at gary's oh yeah gary's you did forget to say that i forgot i forgot about that dusty's was a good that was a fun wedding that was a fun wedding 
I mean, that was like a grand entry mm-hmm. to a rodeo. It mm-hmm. was sweet. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think I put the old collar down. You know, I don't think I'm going to reverend much anymore. No more. Uh, or get married ever again. But, One done. Yeah. But uh, best man duties were uh, were fun. You know, we did enjoy it. Good. Good. Uh, do have a shout out this week. Come on. Uh, Greg Walton. Greg Walton. Yeah. Big time listener. So, uh, you know, I'm going to say like, Kyle Woody was last week's number one listener. Uh-huh. Greg Walton this week's number one listener. I also have um, Sharp was oh Sharp was he was pretty hurt about uh, that. Oh really? Comment about Woody. Yeah, he was. He's like, no man, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, uh, Michael Sharp, Double Dutch Land and Livestock. I yeah. appreciate it. Uh, Greg Walton will sell you a tractor, but if you want a better deal, call Papa Ron. He's gonna enjoy that. <laughs> Greg was gonna <laughs> remember when. When uh, Greg Walton was a rodeo clown that was too big to get in a barrel. I do. <laughs> so he just laid on top of it? <laughs> yeah. But he didn't get hooked. That's how cool Walton is. <laughs> but one time, didn't the bull take... He was... Well, you got to tell that story. Something. Because Greg came oh, up yeah. to Cody one time, yeah. didn't he? And he, got in the, he, he tried to get in the barrel, but we'd had to cut him out. And uh, so the bull's coming, and he just panics and lays on top of it. It worked once, and then it happened again. So he just takes off running. Dusty Moore pickup man had a haul ass on Zorro and cut him off and save his life. I thought he, he tried to jump <laughs> yeah. on the fence and he, he just ran right into the fence oh, or something. Walton. Yeah, yeah. That dude's a cat, though. Mm-hmm. He is. He's like a black belt. Is he really? Yeah, he doesn't have the stature of a black belt, but I've I've hooked into Walton before, and I'm not going to say I lost. We'll call it a tie, but I had to try. Yeah. Oh, he's big. Tough fella, too. Yeah, he's pretty tough. I like the whole Walton family. Yeah, here's the Walton. Sharpie, uh, Here's to you too. Uh, we'll do dual number one listeners mm-hmm. week four. I like it. Dual cool. number ones. Pretty excited about uh, our interview this week. I'm pretty selfish too. He's kind of like my number one man. Um, announced the NFR. He's the voice of the daddy of all, and I'm going to say all this stuff again when we get him on the phone. But uh, pretty cool rodeo announcer we got up on the books today. Absolutely. Pretty excited. So what do you think? You want to ring him in? Call him up and um – Hey, before we get into our interviews, I mean, I just want to thank everybody that listens to this shit and wonder what you're doing with your life right now, and uh, I'm glad you're killing an hour with us. I just want to tip of the resist all. No? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get a Landy up here. We're going to Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Let's get a little cage in there. Well, actually, I think he's probably in Utah, but yeah. Hello. What's up, Andy? Ah, uh, nothing much, man. Welcome to the podcast. You good well, to go? All right. Glad to be here. You hear us all right? Oh, yeah. Everything sounds good. 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 Nice. How's you, it going, Andy? Remember Drew Taylor? I do. Hello, Drew. How are you? I'm good, man. How about you? Uh, just glad to be back in the rodeo arena, my friend. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. That's what Kate said. You were down in uh, in Salt Lake. Or yeah, in, I'm in actually Utah. Eagle Mountain, Utah this week when just just south salt lake a little bit yes sir you know it all kind of runs together here oh, so yeah, man. we I, I once bought a capri camper uh it was in vernal utah and Cade went with me i'm like man it's just outside of salt lake uh from our house to vernal utah about six hours man it's, it's not yeah. just outside salt lake <laughs> you got to be careful with that that's right that's exactly right so andy i gave you a little intro before you got on here i kind of want to do it again i just want to let everybody know that you're the voice of the daddy of Mall, uh, 2019 regular NFR announcer, and 
man, one of my idols. Drew thinks you're just okay. I think you're great. Oh, no, I do. But, oh, well. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's entitled their opinion, my no. friend. Uh, <laughs> no, man, I, I truly think that you're the man. I enjoy listening to your work, and, and I look up to you and, and just honored to have you on the show. Um, so I guess the first thing I want to talk about, man, is what you've been doing. What's it? I, I mean, it's been a Fishing. tough year, right? Fishing? Fishing. Yeah, I'm an avid outdoorsman. I I've been in, I've been a duck guide, uh, professional duck guide for about 28 years now in some different places. I've been the last 18 at a lodge in Arkansas. And so I spend a lot of time there helping get the place ready, uh, for duck season, been doing a lot of fishing. I love to crappie fish. And so, uh, of course, where I live in Louisiana, they don't call it sportsman's paradise for nothing. So we have several opportunities and a lot of different places to go and, you know, uh, I was fortunate, you know, I had a great year last year with the NFR and, um, you know, had a good spring and all the way through till, you know, that first weekend in March, I was pretty busy. And then of course this, uh, COVID, I call it the COVID crap. Uh, oh, cause yeah. I think that's what it is all hit. And so just spent a lot of time with my wife it was pretty cool. Uh, me and her, it was almost like being in dating again. We got to spend a lot of time together. So she we didn't get divorced. So that's a plus. Yeah. She's ready to kick you out of the house. <laughs> she was she said i'll be so glad when rodeo start back up so you could go but it's uh she her wish came true i was in mesquite last week and then uh, of course here this week and then i go back uh to mesquite next weekend so uh getting a chance to, to get back out and then get back to work and do what i love and that's entertaining crowds through uh our great sport of rodeo that i'm so fond of and love that's, oh, that's, a, that's thinking, awesome. thinking of Mesquite, I, I've told this story a couple of times. I think it was the first time I met you, the first time I worked with you was in Mesquite. Man, this would have been, oh, a couple of years ago and stuff. And I tell everybody, I'm like, that Andy Stewart, man, he just likes to rock out and have fun because I think we, like, plugged your phone into, the, it was pre-rodeo, and we just listened to straight rock and roll. And I'm like, that guy's pretty dang cool. He just wants to party and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm call me Mr. Goodtime. I like to have fun, and I, I truly believe as, um, as a professional rodeo announcer, that though you know we have such an important job we set the tone um uh, for the rodeo and when people get there if you're having a good time and they, and they can tell you're having a good time and you're having fun and it's music that they can relate to and verbiage that they can relate to i always uh matter of fact we had a conversation today i said the movie gladiator had one of the greatest lines in it ever it's win the crowd win your freedom so it's uh it's you know, it just transfers through what we do. Um, when, if you're up there having a good time, people know it, you know, they know if you're genuinely having fun and having a good time and that transfers to your audience. And once you ever get them to loosen up and tap their feet and have a good time, when they leave, they're going to have a great experience and they're going to remember how much fun they had at that rodeo. And, uh, they'll continue to come back. And I attribute a lot of my success to that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys in our business who are, an encyclopedia of stats and notes and different things like that. And, and they are very, very important, but there's such a fine mix between entertaining and informing. And, uh, I just think you got to find that right balance and, uh, in making it enjoyable and educational experience for people. Uh, I love that right there. Yeah. That's hot, man. I just, I cannot wait. And July can't come here fast enough for us. We get to get back after it a little bit. Um, I, I want you to talk about the NFR a little bit, Andy, but I want, I want to talk about like what it did for me and, and maybe some other guys like me. I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know how to go about this, but in, 
<clears throat> excuse me, in this business, like sometimes you can get a little calloused, right? I absolutely. Mean, oh, I've, yeah, that's I, yes. Absolutely. I feel like, uh, you know, I've had a card for what, six, seven years. And I, I just feel like sometimes your goals can just get a little bit beaten down in this industry, right? Maybe. Um, and, and man, when I seen you get to work the NFR, it just completely rejuvenated me. Like all my, all my goals from like the first year I had my card and everything just come back. And I, I just, man, I just thought it was awesome. And I just want you to know that, like when I seen that happen, I was just like, man, this is, this is awesome. And, and it's just because you were a new voice to the NFR. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. Absolutely. You were a new face and it was just, it was something new. And I mean, I loved every minute of it. I love listening to it. Um, and, and like I said, it just it just put a charge back into me um, as a young announcer. And and I think that's awesome. But but tell me, like, what's it like that first rehearsal? Just knowing that, because if you have a card, if if you have a PRC announcer card, that's what you dream of. I mean, at some point. So. Oh uh, yeah, you know it's it was a, such a cool experience. Um, I wasn't. I was expecting guys to be nervous that when i got there but i wasn't nervous i was extremely anxious um i will say this it can be a little bit overwhelming if you're not prepared uh announcing wise i think there's a lot of guys that are prepared uh that they could do the job but it's everything else that goes along with it uh understanding how to operate inside that format what you can and can't do what they what they expect from you what they want you to do uh, a lot of timing issues and different things like that lots of meetings uh but they're all necessary um but the one thing that i took out of the nfr uh the most i thought it you know i'd be most excited about that buckle and all the accolades but the thing that was coolest for me was that everybody that i worked with and I mean, literally everybody from the guys opening the gate to the guys taking tickets to production, everybody there is at the top of their game and to work around other professionals that are that talented and that good at what they do, where all you have to worry about is doing your job. That was the coolest part about it. It was just, it was just exciting to be around people who understand uh, production and understand, you know, what needs to happen and, um, guys that don't miscue their own point with everything. So it was just, uh, it was, it was just awesome. It was, it was awesome. And I will tell you a funny story so that you guys just always remember this. Nobody's perfect. If things do go wrong, we were, I think it was round nine, eight or nine. And, uh, anyway, we had Mark Chestnut listed as our national anthem singer went through the morning meetings it was mark chestnut went through the afternoon meetings prior to the rodeo mark chestnut well there was a failure to communicate between us and some of the powers that be and mark chestnut wasn't going to be the anthem singer that night but we did not know that until i introduced mark chestnut <laughs> in front of seventeen thousand people and glenn templeton walks out so <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so th things do go wrong nobody you know nothing's perfect or whatever but it was just it was just so cool to be surrounded by that many talented people uh that that knew their job and were adamant about it it, it was really really awesome boyd was great I, i'm so glad that he was there that the first year that i got to go uh you know he gave me some pointers some things to to you know, to key on some things that might get me, you know, bogged down and, and he helped me out and he was just really, really good to work with. And I, uh, and of course, Wayne and Randy, those two guys that 
they, you know, they were right there every step of the way. If I had a question or, uh, they would warn me, you know, Hey, we might want to go this way or do this or do that. So, you know, I just can't say thank you enough to those guys for, for coming in and, you know, kind of showing me the ropes and keeping me, uh, keeping me where I need to be. And once they turn those lights on in that building, you have no idea, Kate, oh, the, the energy, uh, and the excitement that first night, I didn't get to announce round one. So I was just sitting over there on the sidelines and you're not just sitting there. You actually have a job. You're, you're there to kind of, uh, monitor the other two guys, make sure that they hit the sponsors and make sure they got everybody in, you know, kind of keep up with what's going on. Um, but I was about to jump out of my skin. I wanted to talk on that microphone so bad. You have no idea, Dude, I you know, imagine. that first performance, but, um, it was a great experience. I mean, it was, it was everything that you think it would be. Um, the first five performances are a blur, um, because you are so busy you have meetings and you have lots and lots of homework to do different things to, to study over. And that starts, you know, well over a month and a half, two months prior to the rodeo. Once you know who your top 15 guys are, spend hours making notes and laying things out and be prepared. And when you get there, it's pedal to the metal. There is no, <laughs> there is no slack time. So it's, uh, but it was great, man. Just absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal experience. I can't imagine. Uh, one of your bullfighters from Eagle Mountain is trying to currently call me right now. So if you tell Tyson, <laughs> oh, that's Hutchinson. the forty-two-year-old guy that came out of retirement, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he's crippled yeah. too. He's lame as hell. <laughs> I, I, yeah. uh, no, man, I, I love that NFR talk, and, and like I said, you uh, you just put me back on track. Like you just uh, this this business is just very goal oriented, and and um, man, I'm just I'm just game to go now. And like I said, it was just a it was just something new at the NFR that I don't think I'll ever forget. I mean, it was just what you you brought a light to it, and and not that there was anything missing or anything like that. It was just it was just something new. You know what I mean? And right, uh, it was. Uh, and, and two, I got that from a lot of younger guys announcer. You know that they said, "Man, it's so good to see, you know, fresh fresh blood, and there's somebody new. You know, that gave them hope. You know, because and I was the same way. You sit around, you think for years, you know, those guys got it, and they're going to keep it. And you know, now that I'm in that position, I see where they're coming from, and that's, you know, you want to stay there as long as you can because you've worked your entire career to get there. And I, I tell a lot of young guys, and the best advice I can give you, give a young announcer is to be yourself um, and, and, and do it, be your own style and, and really perfect what you do. You don't necessarily, I hear a lot of young guys that are guilty of trying to imitate me or Boyd or Bobby T or Mooney or some of those guys that, you know, they, you know, because they think that's, that's what it, that's what it's going to take to get there. And that's not true. I, I, one thing that I'm awful proud of in my career is that I did it the right way. I started at the bottom working for $75 a night and I just kept my head down and, and just kept going and, uh, just kept pushing and pushing and, um, stepping outside of my boundaries. I took jobs doing MMA wrestling matches. I've done uh, warm blood thoroughbred horse horse events uh, for television. I've done boxing matches for television. Um, hell, I went to the circus boys uh, <laughs> four or five different times just to kind of see, you know, what entertains people. You know, what what are people buying into? You know, what are, what are the you can always learn something. But if you're yourself, I've always said this. I said it does. We're salesmen in our industry as announcers we're selling what these people are watching and in any it doesn't matter if you're selling socks or you're selling rodeo or cars or whatever that if people don't buy into you 
they're not going to buy what you're selling. And I think people can tell the difference between guys that are real and guys that are, that are not real. And, uh, you hear some guys that they, they get on the microphone. And like I said, they try to be something other than themselves when they would be better off being themselves and doing their own style and what they do. And that's what you got to build on. Because when you get in a situation when you're, and it'll catch up to you when you're trying to be something you're not, you're going to get exposed eventually. And then it's going to be, it's going to wreck your career. So I, that, that just, you know, that's one thing that I'm not, I'm not a very prideful or boastful person, but I'm very proud of the fact that, that I did it my way. Um, you know, it was me the whole way. Same guy I was 20 years ago, just, you know, better at my craft, but did it my way. And, uh, and, and the style that I wanted to do it in, and it paid great, it's paid great dividend for me. And, um, you know, I, I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of the fact that you guys looked up to me and that, you know, I did give, give you guys some hope and restore your faith in our industry. And, you know, that, they, hey, there is an opportunity, you know, there is a future out there. So, it's, yeah. you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys, I remember back in high school, I had a teacher named Jules Dante is my chemistry teacher. And he did an experiment one time with fleas and he took a Gerber baby jar and he had about 10 fleas in it. And every day for about a week, these fleas would try to jump out. And every time they would jump up, they would hit their head on that lid. And I mean, for a week, every day in class, you know, every class, these, these fleas, you could, you know, they would jump, they would try to get out, they would try to get out and they never could. Well, after about a week, he took the lid off of the jar and no other fleas, they didn't jump. If one more had kept jumping and kept trying, he would have got out. He would have escaped. He would have made it. And I, you know, I always think about that, you know, you're going to bump your head a lot, you know, and you're going to jump and you're going to jump and you just keep banging your head and you're wondering. And I was like that for a while. Why can't I catch that break? Why can't I catch that break? What am I doing wrong? Why, you know, and, uh, I just kept hammering and one day the lid came off and I got that opportunity. So I always revert back to that and remember that you just got to keep trying. You got to keep pushing forward. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that may not, you know, you're talking about fulfilling your dream of being there. And that's right. There's a lot of guys that don't even get to chase their dream. No, that does. And, you know, you are fortunate enough and you are too, that you, you, you're living, you're chasing a dream, you know, and that's living, man, that's life, you know? And, um, one day, if you get the opportunity and, and to go, it'll be worth it. But then again, you got to you got to look back and think, man, you know what? I made a career out of chasing my dream. I paid my bills and and I did well. And you take pride in that as well. Yeah, and I'm ready to get back to chasing my dream. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, absolutely ready to get back to work. Um, yeah, and that's no. I, I mean, all, all that stuff you're saying is just is great right now and and uh probably need to be heard by a lot more people than me i mean out there i mean it's it's just all good stuff and, and like you said i'm i'm so thankful that we well, get to do this for a job really you know we're sort of kind of and this just in the infant stages but we're looking at doing uh maybe in the in the winter or maybe the, the late fall prior to national finals um an all-star rodeo school we're trying to put together and we're going to bring in uh, me as an instructor and bring some announcers in that want to be a part of it and some, some barrel men as well. Talk to John Harrison and Cody Sosby about being a part of it and then bringing in some, some of the top guys that, that I know that I'm good friends with, like the D Moss boys and Sage and those guys to, to have an event where 
you know, I can bring in announcers and, and we can, they can have a seminar and they can actually work with a clown, actually work with a funny man and we can help critique and then help these guys and, and, uh, you know, pass on some of our knowledge and wisdom that we've gained to help the next, you know, the next group of guys coming up, you know, get a little, get an advantage. So that's something we're kind of in the infant stages of right now trying to put together. I hope it happens. Not sure if it's going to, but very possibly could. Oh, that'd be great. I think we need more of that. Really do. Um, just to promote our sport and, and just an outlet because I'm sure you never had anything like that. And we never, I mean, other than Cody Wyoming every day, we never really had anything like that either. Um, right. So more opportunities like that would be, would be great. Cause I, you, you can pick up, you can pick something up from anybody, you know, you, you could, you could walk past somebody on the street and, and ask them something and you might, you could, you could ask them about announcing and they might give you some advice. I mean, you can pick up knowledge from anybody and the day you quit learning, boy, that's a bad day. Yeah, that is exactly right. You never stop learning. You never stop learning. Lisa Harris was a mentor of mine and a friend and that man chewed my ass more times than, you know, about production and, and working his acts and, things to do and he gave me he gave me some great advice one time and it's in his book and he and he told me he said xl that's what he called me he said xl he said timing ain't everything it's the only thing yeah and i thought about that and and, and it is when, from the time you start your timing your transitions uh you announce the sound guy you know i'm a big team guy i'm not a big eye guy when you start being a big me guy and a big I guy, that's when you get in trouble. You put yourself on an island out there, and you can get in a bind. And you've got to rely on the people around you a lot of times to to, to help carry you in certain situations. And so I'm, I'm I'm a huge team guy, and it's so important that you know you be cohesive with with each other. Um, there's a lot of sound guys, you know that that I work with that just right just fit right in my wheelhouse and there's other guys that that don't but they're always willing to to change a little bit or you know have you know do a little different here and and one thing and one thing or another to, to fit more of the style that i'm working and that's just a team working together yes and that's what it takes to truly be successful because when it's all said and done when people leave an event, I want them to leave and go, man, that was great. That was awesome. Everything about it. <laughs> you know, I don't want them to say, well, it was all right. The bull riding was good. Or, oh, then the music was good. Or <clears throat> the announcer was good. But I want them to, you know, that was a great event. And I think if we're goal-oriented as and keep that team concept in mind that we're there together, both of us in a profession that we love, and our job is to make it entertaining. And if, you know, guys work together as a team, it's way, way easier to accomplish than it is trying to do something by yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> I couldn't agree more with that either. Um, and, I, you know, I think we really, and we've said this on other podcasts that we've done, is just, man, we're so lucky that we started together. Like, I, I'm I'm very appreciative of a, sound, of a sound guy because I've never had to do it without one. I mean, me and Drew, we called Rodeo together and uh picked this up kind of at the same time and just started to go with this so if i get in a situation where i don't have one i don't even know what to do you know i mean sure that's like stretch randy mayer stretch and i have worked together for so many years he knows what i'm going to do or where i'm going before i ever go there and i know if he's 
if he's trying to set up something or another, you know, it's just that camaraderie and that teamwork that, that make things better. And, uh, it's, it, it's good when it's good, man, but we can be bad when it's bad as well. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, I've rode a ship down before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happened. It happened, guys. It certainly does. But it's uh, it's just uh, getting back to rodeo, man. You know, I, I oh, what's the old Cinderella song? Don't know what you got till it's gone. That's oh, the old baby. adage. And oh, baby. Yeah. I, think it was, I think it was a wake-up call for, you know, guys in our industry that, uh, hey, look, this, this could go away. And it did. Yeah, you yeah. know, for several months, and then you realize, wow, you know, maybe I took this a little bit too much for granted. So, um, you know, everybody's excited to get back out there and, and go to work, and, and me included. Yeah, I I cannot wait. You know, for me, first off, I, you know, I lost a couple here and there, and it was just like I thought it was just going to be a little financial hit, no big deal. You know, we'll get the rodeo, on and and I just all I would think about is my next rodeo that was supposed to go, and they just kept dropping like flies, and then it just got to man, um, you know, and, and I said this before. I talked to Jody Carper today. He's like, man, I would announce a goat roping right now <laughs> if they'd let me, you know, and, and that's Absolutely. What, that's where I'm at. I mean, I just want, and that's that was the birth of this podcast, Andy. I mean, seriously, we we're just bored. We want to talk on a microphone. Drew wants to play with his computers. I mean, that's. That's where we're at. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like talking on the microphone. It makes me pretty nervous. Yeah, but we can tell. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like to sit back. Uh, so anyway, well, I, think this is, I think this is great what you guys are doing, and you know, it's uh, just an opportunity for people to to tune in and and just talk rodeo and and get some insight and hear people different opinions and different things. And oh yeah, it's, we. Uh, we just it's sat good. in our basement and talked shit to people, Andy. That's pretty much. <laughs> there you go. Well, all thirty, all thirty people that are listening, yeah, I'm sure yeah, enjoy yeah. it. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was it was actually seventy eight last week. Thanks, Andy. Oh wow, our numbers. Hey, numbers are coming up, dude. Yeah, That's all on. I'm talking about. As long as we're showing improvement, moving on up, moving on up. He says. Uh, yeah, and you really got to give them bullfight. You got Joe Butler with you. Um, no, I don't know who's here. As a matter of fact, I haven't met the bullfighters. I yeah, the one guy you told me about, but. I haven't met him. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a little secret about me uh, that I am a, I'm a, I'm a spur of the moment guy. I don't want to see my day sheet until about lunch on perf day for You're each perf. Me. I like, you should have just seen, no, you should have just seen. No, I like, <laughs> I like that information to be fresh in my mind. If I get around lunch at one o'clock in the afternoon, so I got a few hours to go sit back and really look at what I've got and really pick out the storylines that I want to push and that performance on certain guys and, and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, I just, I like it to be fresh. I like to do it every single day, you know, a few hours prior to the rodeo. So when I get there, all that stuff is fresh in my mind, my notes and everything about it. So it, uh, if I do stuff too early and then I look back at it, I'm like, what was my train of thought at that, at that point, I've got it wrote down here, but I'm trying to think, you know, what I was thinking at that moment. So it, for me, that's just me. Now that's, I know some guys, it, they get the day sheets, five days before they go to the rodeo or get to, you know, and then do a lot of work and different things like that. And I, uh, not me, I, I like it to be fresh on my mind each day. And that's, that's just the way I do things. So I won't even, I won't even get a day sheet until lunch tomorrow. I kind of see where you're coming from. I, like I, uh, I'm a big studier, like back up, like you said, guys that are full of stats. I'm, I'm not really that I'm a smart ass. 
I mean, that's that's right. that's me. That I, sure, I can't. Sure, style. That's my style. I, I'm right. gonna make fun of the rodeo clown. He's gonna make fun of me. You know, I don't make any. I don't make fun of anybody but myself. I mean, usually, sure. You know, but I. I mean, that's just my nature. That's that's how I conduct. You know, it. But man, I'm a studier though. Like I have to be. I I am so panicked. If I'll call Procom, I'll get I'll get my day sheet a week ahead of time. I'll go through, I do my notes, but, but at the same time, I kind of see what you're saying because I won't take those notes up to the announcer stand. I'll, I write them down again. I'll take those notes off. You know, I, I do, I do it stupid. Like I, I'm, I write way more than I ever need to, but at the same time, like I see what you're saying, because if I write all that stuff out twice, it's pretty much in my head already. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's just me, but I'm panicky. Like, I, and I can't remember that far back. So I just, that's me. Oh, I like, to, man. I, you know, and I like to keep it fresh, you know, and there's stats, you know, that we all know and things that, you know, that stick in our head about certain contestants that because we've done it so much, you know, and it's, uh, you know, just little things like, okay, just a question for you as an announcer. Do you know who the first rookie was to win a world title in the bull riding before Sage Kimsey and what year he did it? Ty Murray. No, Bill Cornell, 1963. I would have never guessed that. Wow, you... first, now, Sage was the first rookie to do that since he did it. There hadn't been another rookie world champion in bull riding their first year. Don't Sage even do did that it. to it. Drew's over here like he's trying to mouth me something like he knows the answer. <laughs> and it, was, it, did not, it did not even start with a B. And as soon I, as you said no, Bill, he was like, I told you. I See? told you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's 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 new stuff too. The fresh, you know. You look what Stetson Wright did this year. You know, being, you know, the all around, you know, world champion and being, you know, first all around world champion. You know, since Ty Murray did it, and he wasn't even born the year Ty won it. So oh, you know, there's, there's there's stuff that's gonna stick in your head. You know, and, and you know things that you do and you do and but those, uh, you know, and every crowd's different. I rodeo. There's rodeos that I go to that everybody in those rodeos are rodeo savvy. They study rodeo. They watch it. So those crowds, they know. And then there's other places. They don't know Trevor Reese from Trevor Brazil. Yeah. You know, they're just there to have a good time. And I think the guys that the good announcers that are successful are able to realize and understand, know your crowd, know what, know who you're talking to. Like these Utah rodeos that we come to, these people – or suburbanites. They work for Facebook. They work for Tyson. They work for these computer companies and different things. And there's a handful of them. They, you know, this was farm and ranch country. And there's still those that are here, but there it's not like it used to be. So these people are coming for the entertainment value that they can get from what they consider. And I think the reason rodeo is still successful is that we are a novelty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're the modern day wild west show. We are a novelty. You know, you go back 60, 70 years ago, was a lot more ranchers, a lot more cowboys, different things like that. It was more of a lifestyle for people than it is here in 2020. Rodeo now is a, a professional entertainment venue. And when you go in there and you know your crowd, you know what you need to do to, to entertain them, whether they are the crowd that's looking for statistics they want to know, or is this a crowd that's just here to drink beer, raise hell, and have a good time, you know, get, get out of the house. That's my so that's, crowd. yeah. And, and I too, I watch, uh, a lot, you know, little tricks of the trade. I'm up there 45 minutes, an hour before the rodeo starts. And 
I'm in the announcer stand and I like to warm them up a little bit. I like to just talk to them, you know, when they're coming in here and there and, and, and get a rapport with them. But I'm also looking for their reactions. Are they listening? Are they attentive? Uh, have they been stomping, clapping their hands and singing along to some of the free rodeo music? I pay attention to things like that, and I can tell what kind of crowd <clears throat> that I have, so I know how to approach that crowd. It's very important to me, and that's something that I do. And if you don't get them in the first minute and a half, and you open your mouth, you you won't get them the rest of the night. Sure. So you, you've got to reach out there and you've got to get a hold of them. And then once you do that, you can take them pretty much anywhere you want to go. Right. No, I, I love them. Utah rodeos and Utah crowds. I'm uh, so this podcast, Andy, what we do is, is me and Drew just talk a little bit for 10, you know, 15 minutes tops. Then we interview somebody and then we prank call somebody. So yes. I'm very sure that you have Joe Butler there as a bullfighter, and you need to ask him what it was like to be on the cover of Salt Lick Magazine. <laughs> Salt Lick Magazine. <laughs> yeah, because All right. uh, I talked Joe Butler into fighting a bull in his underwear for a photo shoot in Sparks, Nevada, uh, under the cover <laughs> of Salt Lick Magazine, and he bought it. And if he tells you that he didn't buy it, He's a liar. He's a liar. Okay. I'll introduce you, ladies and gentlemen, man that you may have seen as the cover on Salt Lick Magazine. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> please make welcome Joe Butler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Tyson, he's just old, just so you know. I mean, he's, he's there you go. an old-timer. Yeah, right. some, yeah, we got something old, something new. Yeah, there you go. There yeah, you go. The underwear bandit, Joe Butler. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Joe. I've worked with him before, so that'll be fun. He'll, oh, yeah. he'll, he'll get a kick out of that. Oh, yeah. Talk about uh, we you, you hit on a little bit of a duck hunting and fishing a little bit, and I want to go back because I've I've seen some pictures on Facebook and in the duck hunting where you guys are at. I didn't I haven't been around that kind. Of, is, is it you guys are in the swamps kind of? You know what I mean? I mean that's Louisiana, and I think about we go duck hunting. We go to the river and cornfields. What what I know this is completely off subject, but what's that? What is that like in them swamps? Well, you know, we have a lot of different areas. We have a lot of agriculture land too. A lot of rice fields that are flooded. When guys have pit lines and and hunt ducks that then we have an area like right behind my house it's just cypress trees and willow trees and cattails and all kind of coffee beans that grow in this area floods up during the winter with all this natural duck food so you have to go out and and get in the boat and, and weave your way around in there and do the scout and find the birds and go set up on them you know taking into consideration the weather wind direction stuff like that but it's uh it's pretty phenomenal where i live as far as hunting and fishing is concerned we have so many different opportunities to go with a lot of great public hunting but the coolest part of duck hunting is when you can shoot them in the timber if you can if you can imagine a a, a grown forest full of big oak trees with no leaves on them in the winter time and water completely flooding the woods about shin to knee deep and those mallard ducks will just come in there by the hundreds down the little tight spots in the woods and and feed on acres and that's the ultimate the ultimate duck hunting there is nothing that will get your adrenaline pumping more than daybreak and just over your head at treetop high just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mallard ducks circling and you call them and they work and then they just throw their wings up and drop down and these i mean they'll even break limbs oh, sometimes come it's amazing how tight of spots they can get in and, well, and the, those pictures it, I it's see. unreal the pictures I've seen, I'm like, how in the heck do you guys hunt in there? It, it, looks sure. like you're, it looks like you're just flooded in water, and you're just kind of wading through there. I'm like, that'd be a pretty cool experience to go duck hunting like that. 
Right, we have it, and the place that I got at, we have flooded timber. Then we have some. Uh, I basically, I best I can explain, some big ponds, mm-hmm. but they're they used to be catfish ponds, and what they did, they made moist soil units out of them, uh, part of a reclamation program through the state and the wildlife. And what we do is we just uh, we let them grow up around the edges, and there's little islands in them, and a lot of brush and and weeds and cattails and stuff grow up, and then. Out in the middles where they're more open, like when I get back, that's what we've been doing. We'll go in and we'll bush hog uh, those holes and clean them out in those areas that are that are pretty much open. Then we'll go in and we'll spray chemical and treat them, and then we'll disc them up. And then we plant millet. Uh, we plant uh, dwarf corn, plants of stuff called Elite Six, which is a mix of different grains. And, I mean, we farm, and we farm for ducks, and we fill those. Uh, we got electric wells, and... When the crop gets up prior to season, about two weeks before season, we'll start putting water on it, start attracting birds to it. And uh, then that way, you know, when season kicks off, we've got a good concentration of birds there for our pay hunters. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's kind of a bird nest on the ground, if you know what I mean. It's pretty easy to get them there. Yeah. Um, you know, they're contained within 3,000 acres that, that you've got an opportunity to go and scout and find and good levees and roads and, you know, the property. But it's uh yeah it's cool man it's it's absolutely uh, and the second thing that gets my heart pumping is when you stick that 10 foot graphite jig pole in about 10 12 inches of water beside a cypress tree and a two pound crop it knocks it out of your hand mm-hmm. absolutely unbelievably fun good eating right unbelievably there. fun that's what i could i could go duck hunting and fishing oh Gosh, every well, day, I think, I, guys, know? my address is Collinston, Louisiana. Hold on, slow that I down. Got I, got got right. I, got yeah, I got a little house out in the country. I don't have any neighbors. My RV stays plugged up right in front of my shop there. And we hunt and we fish. So anytime from November 17th through the end of January, and you want to come duck hunting, just give me a call. Come on, man. If I can't take you, if I'm busy guiding, my son's an outstanding hunter. We've got all the equipment. There's always somebody going. And then you can come back about the end of February, 1st of March, and we'll go rim wrecked and white perch. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's, I've, I've told Kate about um, – I've got to go to Louisiana a couple times, and I've told Kate about Boudin. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, man, we we got to get down there. we got you <laughs> got to try that. some Boudin. We've been catching – man, we had a great year this year, too, for, you know, a lot of – it's just – I'm fortunate because I'm just a country boy, and I grew up that way, and – you know roping and the USTRC and bulldogging and stuff in high school rodeo and just being a country boy and man we we caught so many crawfish this year guys we got tired of catching them and cooking them i mean it was just you know to be fortunate enough to be able to jump on your ranger and throw you know a couple of 23 or so traps in the back of your ranger and go a half mile from your house and set them out at six o'clock in the afternoon and go back the next morning about 10 and catch three or four 40 pound sacks of premium grade a crawfish you just don't get no better be awesome. and then we've been on the frogs too i know you northern boys don't one, you know, into the one time i ate some frog legs one Is time it? one time i've never got to try it <laughs> absolutely I'm, fine cuisine i'm game i love all that stuff <laughs> you know us boys in louisiana as long as we got a road ditch we ain't gonna be hungry yeah. i love everything about louisiana except for the humidity and the heat my goodness i melted yeah. when i was down there yeah it is pretty rough man it's a, uh, it's uh unfortunately hot we have a lot of uh we have a lot of bugs and different things like that but it you know it's home a lot of good people in the state of louisiana yeah but it's a lot of good people everybody 
now that we mentioned that, I was sitting talking. I met a guy named Charlie Andrews today. He, he produces a show called Knights of Dynasty. Anyway, he's the world champion jouster. And I didn't realize that, you know, this. they went all over and put on these shows and did this jousting and, and different things like that. So we were at Buffalo Wild Wings today. We were sitting in business and um, meeting this guy and just talking about his, his industry and how they did their shows and, and, and what they did. And, we, you know, we got to talking about everything that was going on in our country right now, all the unrest and pretty much the ignorance and stupidity that we see out there. And that's, that's what the media tends to push on us. But he and I were just, you know, we travel and you guys do too. And we find out that, man, people are just people everywhere you go. And all, you know, they just, there's lots and lots more good people than there are bad people. And I, that's one thing I love about being able to travel is that, you know, kind of restores your faith in humanity. I can only imagine that if you went to the office every day and then you came home and the only people you were interacting with were those few people in your office, and then you had to watch what you watch on television, it'd be a pretty dire picture of, of our country. But the opportunity to get out and go around in, in all different states and meet people of all different races, creeds, colors, religions, and, and realize that, man, you know, there's just a lot, a lot of good people in this country. And that that that's something that I that I really really cherish about my job is the opportunity to meet meet people like Charlie and and meet people at these committees in these towns around America you know that just how good there's so many good people yeah yeah and that's that's the, that some. is the fun part of being able to travel around yeah you absolutely know, Grant Harris told me I did Cowtown one time a couple summers ago mm-hmm. and uh, he fly out of Philadelphia and he was driving me to the airport that morning he told me that. There's some people that never leave a block their whole life. They yeah. gr- they grow up there. They find a job in that block or two and live there the whole – I mean, I cannot imagine that lifestyle. I cannot. Right. I cannot imagine. Um, and, again, it just – you know, just what you said there just made me thankful for, for what I do for a living, and, and we get to cruise around and meet people and, and see different places and and see how how other people do it, you know, and, and – uh, it's just a pretty it's, it's, you gain a lot of knowledge too guys yeah, you know you, you really learn do. you you learn and from other people and different you know different points of view and different things like that and you know you accumulate a lot of knowledge and uh, a lot of people skills as well and uh, yeah it's it's so cool to get to do that yeah, it's so cool well andy man we've we've had you uh had you on the line here for over 40 minutes and and i want to let you get back to work and and get by i'd say go do your homework but <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to tomorrow okay unless, okay unless you want me to i can i can email you a day sheet yeah. if you want to do yeah. make some notes for yeah. me and send it back dude i'm so hungry right now i might do it i mean shit send them over i'll take a look uh, uh yeah, don't yeah. worry you guys are both extremely talented you're gonna be just fine just fine i appreciate, well, thanks. It. I appreciate you saying that uh make sure you give them bullfighters a bunch of hell for us uh, I will. We we have Salt Lake, the the star, the cover of Salt Lake oh, magazine. Yeah. yeah, burn him down. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, he'll you'll probably get a phone call. He'll know where it came. I from. hope I do. I hope I get a phone. And call. And he's going to say, "How did you know about that, man? I saw the magazine." <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, uh, this has been awesome for me, man. Truly, like like we said, I mean, I completely look up to you. I think you're the man right now. Um, I love listening to you. I love listening to your work. I respect your work, and uh, you make me want to be a better rodeo announcer. So I appreciate being our on our little show here and and hanging out with us for forty minutes and and BSing. Yeah, I yeah, man, it means a lot to me, guys. So thanks for having me. And if you ever need anything, 
don't hesitate to call and let's go kick the shoots open boys absolutely absolutely Absolutely. have a good weekend Andy. all right thanks guys all right catch you later bye bye Bye. Andy stewart everybody that is one he's a cool guy any he's awesome so we talked a little bit about uh joe butler with andy right there's a little prank (laughs) so let me just fill you in like I worked for Barty a little bit last summer and and a little bit the summer before. And I love that Barty group. I mean, uh, cool dudes. Utah rodeos are awesome, but that's where I really got to know Joe Butler. Joe Butler has been there, done that, right? Mm-hmm. He's been a yep. UFC fighter, a model. He really has. Oh yeah, he tried to team rope on a Wrangler commercial one time. That didn't go no. so good. <laughs> <laughs> but so being the new guy, um. He tries to throw a little shit my way, which I that's the only way I want it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go down. We have to be in this parade. And the committee is like, just jump in with Tyson and, and Joe in the side-by-side. So, and he's been like a race car driver too, I think, or something. Like, I'm serious. <laughs> like, this dude's been there, done that. So he goes hauling ass in the side-by-side, and I can just tell already that he's going to try to scare me. But Joe is the type of dude that will roll a side-by-side just to prove a point. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Joe scares the hell out of me because I'm like, he will flip this thing just just to make a joke. So I'm in the back pulling out my seatbelt, and my seatbelt's not working, and I'm just scared to death. So uh, finally, we get to the parade. We throw candy. We wave at everybody. I finally get the seatbelt to work, and I'm buckled in, and everything's good and, and calmed down. Well, little did I know in Delta, Utah, there's like a motocross track right behind the arena, and we hit it like a bad out of hell. We made like three rips around that thing, just Mach 10, dude. Jeez. Scared the living shit out of me. I'm scared to death. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, to top it all off, I have my notes, and I have, I'm very particular about my notes, everything. I get ready to go up there. He writes, Cade Roggy is a B-word. <laughs> 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 all over my notes. So for that, buddy, um, I'm going to be a reporter from Salt Lake Magazine, and I would like to see you fight some bulls in your underwear. Okay. Here oh. we go. <laughs> Call him up. Oh. Hi, is this Joe? Yeah, this is. Hi, Joe. This is Lance. I'm calling from Reno, Nevada. I have a magazine out. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. Good, Joe. Hey, so I've researched you a lot, and I work for a new magazine, and we are we're coming up with a new campaign, Joe. And um, I I'm very excited about you. Uh, like I said, I, I've looked at a lot of your social media, and um, uh, forgive me for being a little bit of a creeper, but I, I mean, I, I've checked you out quite a bit, and I think that uh, you could be a really good person for our next campaign. I was wondering if uh, if you're still doing any any photo shoots, Joe. Yeah, I'm still doing some. Okay. Well, I, I mean, as I've seen, I mean, you've been on national TV, and uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of work with your with Wrangler and. Uh, I, Joe, I'm not a cowboy. You're going to have to forgive me. Uh, like I said, I come from Reno. Uh, I'm a city boy. But, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about our magazine and um, and just see if it's something that you would be interested in. You know, I, we're, we're brand new. Uh, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to hit the ground running here. Um, what magazine is it? It's called Salt Lick. Salt Lick. We're based out of Reno. Um, Joe, what, what we do is... Um, 
you know, we we work with uh, the people that uh, that wrote uh, the book Fifty Shades of Grey, and um, what we what we're focused on. Our next campaign is a magazine. Um, now, you being a big old manly man like you are, I'm sure that you've looked at uh, Maxim magazine or maybe even a Playboy once or twice, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, Joe, what we're doing is we're trying to put something together for women. Uh, we've done a research, Joe, and we find that women over the age of 30 are the most sexually active. And that's the group of women that we're trying to reach out here. Uh, just like a pinup girl, you know, back in the day for, for a big old strong cowboy like yourself. I mean, we're just trying to make something um, that appeals to the housewife. We found firefighters, man in uniform cops, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but uh, bullfighters are very attracted, uh, attractable, excuse me, for, for females. And we are, we are working on a campaign towards that. Um, so I just want to get to know, get to know you a little bit. And, and, you know, I've researched some rodeos and stuff and, and I'm sure you got a little downtime to play with. And, um, our first campaign is coming out uh, in June and I'm just wondering if it's something that you would be interested in, man. I mean, talk to me a little bit. I mean, um, you've done this modeling gig before, so, I mean, you know all about it. And um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's sure not something to throw out. I mean, you know, like I said, it's, there's, I mean, I guess it just depends on exactly what you guys are wanting. And well, uh, I mean, what what are you comfortable with at a photo shoot? I mean... How much? How much can we kind of push? If you know what I'm saying, I, 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 I mean, I'm a very classy, very, very classy man, Joe. I, you know, I just want to, I just want to know, you know, like how far are you willing to go now that you know our kind of program? Uh, I'm going to tell you straight up. Uh, the photo shoot's probably going to take about three days, and uh, we pay three thousand a day, and that's, uh, you know, we'll fly you out here to Reno. I'm I'm just going to tell you the outline that I've wrote for this, Joe. Uh, yeah. And, and to see if you're comfortable with it, I would like to get you in a pair of like some spandex shorts and uh, and fighting a few bulls. You know, I there's a fellow in uh, in Sparks, Nevada, and uh, he's willing to rent us his facility. And um, some fellas are going to bring some some mean bulls. I take it, and uh, you know. You uh you just kind of do your thing out there, you know. Um, but uh, it is going to be limited clothing. I mean, are you going to be okay with something like that? Well, I mean, this is all stuff I gotta, you know, would have to talk to my wife about too, you know, sure. see exactly what. So you are married. Yeah, yeah, yeah I am married. Uh, married, got two kids. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Uh. Well, sure. You, you know, know and, and, I, and I've, I've done stuff before that, you know, that maybe not pushing the envelope quite that far. And sure. Well, you know, and, well, and I've been approached with deals before, too. But, you know, it just. We understand. I, I mean, we completely understand. We are trying to get our money up there good enough, you know, to to maybe make you think about it. Like I said, I mean, we would be probably shooting and, and, you know, with this new company that we're working for, it doesn't matter if we work two hours. It doesn't matter if we work six hours, it pays 3000 a day. Um, I would like to have you for, uh, three days and, and, um, you know, and just, just work over whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, we are, um, 
you know, like we're, we're really trying to reach uh, reach a new level of woman. You know what I'm saying, Joe? And I really think that you have the face that we're looking for. I'm not sure about the athletic ability, but you definitely have the body type that we need. Um, and it's 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 a real quick photo shoot. Like I said, uh, you know, I I don't know anything about bulls, uh, Joe. You you know you you be our man there. Uh, but uh, you know, I do know a thing a few uh, a thing or two about outfits, and uh, that's where I would be. Um, kind of guiding the ship, you know, I, I mean, what you're wearing, uh, what, what you aren't wearing. Um, but you know, we get you out there in this arena, you spin a couple bulls around, you know, you run from them or you play with them or I, you know, whatever you do. And we take a couple, uh, pictures and, and you're on your way, you know, I mean, is that something that you think you'd even be interested in? I, I, I realize you got to talk it over with your family, but I mean, what's your thoughts, Joe? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, nothing's thrown out the window. I mean, it's, you know, money talks and, you know, all that deal. And, you know, $3,000 a day is pretty damn good money, especially if you're not shooting any video, you know. Yeah, uh, no, no, no video. I mean, I mean unless it, unless that's something you would be into. I mean, later. If it's, if it's just all steals, I mean, $3,000 a day, I mean, that's pretty okay. good money and stuff. So, uh, you I, know, like I said, I mean, if you don't, if you don't mind, I mean, I'd like to just research a little bit and, you know, kind of see where everything sits and that'd be great. You know, and right. Talk with my wife and stuff. And, so. and Joe, before we go, I mean, if I asked you to lose 25 pounds in the next 10 days, is that something that you think you could, you could do? Well, yeah, I think I could lose 25 pounds, but I mean, also there's, you know, there's a reason, I mean, I don't know that I would. There's a reason that you're chubby? Yeah, I'm chubby bastard. I like being chubby. Uh, Joe Butler, welcome to just another rodeo podcast, man. This is Cade Roggy. I'm here with Drew Taylor. Well, I I figured there was some shit going on, but I'm like, hell yeah. $3,000 a day is $3,000 a day. First time I fought a bull and stand there. <laughs> Man, that was gold. That was gold. That was golden. Yes. <laughs> so you've never heard of our podcast, but we're doing one, and now you're. <laughs> I ain't never heard of your podcast. You two, you two idiots on a podcast is scary. Got your ass, didn't we? Got you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, what the hell is this? Some guy. What's bad is this. Isn't the first time I've been a pro. Oh, 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 come on, Joe. This is, <laughs> uh, this, that wasn't the first time you've been approached? <laughs> no, hell no. That's what I'm thinking. Like, what the? Okay, like, maximum, you know. Okay, I could live with that. But how much? What salt the hell? Lake. You want some good salt lick? The salt lick. Where in the, the hell did you come up with that? Just, we Googled it. We Googled yeah. it. Yeah, salt lick. Uh, uh, you bunch of idiots. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Know, I know. We're bored. We have nothing to do. We're bored as shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buds. You be safe. Uh, next time you get in sublet, holler at us. Uh, don't be a stranger, man. Hit me up. Yeah. You call sometime. You too, brother. All right. See you, Joe. See you, Joe. Bye. I think that went good, too. Yeah, I don't think that could have went any better. Joe Butler thinks he's now a, uh, uh, well, I guess... <laughs> 
wasn't the first time he's been hit up for <laughs> turns a out. magazine like that. So turns out. All righty. Well, right. cool. Awesome. We'll uh, we'll see you next week, I guess. Yeah, probably. All right, probably. Sweet. See ya. <laughs>